Hey guys, here we are, the Quiggin Out MMA Podcast, episode 52, and I'm here with another very special guest. Uh, you may have seen his stuff online. You may have even seen him on TV when he participated in Forged and Fire, but we have the one and only Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Gene Click. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up, guys? I appreciate you having me on. Hey, absolutely. And I know we were we were talking a lot before this started, and there's stuff that I probably should have recorded that, you know, you know, maybe one day we'll get down that road, but Sure. Let's jump right into the fact that, you know, you, you're starting a podcast. Why yeah. are you starting a podcast? Man, um, I'm a, I, I wouldn't say I'm an outspoken guy, but I, I, you know, I'm a blunt person. And if I got something to say, I like to say it. And I, and I also try to, I also believe I'm a, I'm a pretty good guy. You know, like I don't, I don't just try to belittle people or belittle things for no reason. If I've got an opinion, I, 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 I like to say, it. and I've gone through a lot personally, uh, in my life and, uh, my life is coaching and helping people. And I want to start a podcast cause I realize I can only impact so many people in front of me. And if I can, if I can say something or whatever that might, uh, connect with someone and I can do it on a bigger stage, then that's why I'm doing it. Uh, it's not to make money. It's not to do anything like that. It'll be very bare bones, but I'm just doing it, man, because, uh, you know, like I told you, you know, when you die, you take it all with you. You know, you take your thoughts, your opinions, um, and you steal You leave. You take that from people that could that it could change their lives. So that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, and I and I really love that. You know, we were talking about you know your sobriety and everything else, and how you've kind of brought that, you know, into the gym. It's not an easy thing to talk about. I can't even imagine. You know, it is an easy thing to talk about in that sense, but it seems like you've already impacted you know, people who train with you who have now yeah. seen what you've gone through, you know, what is that impact for you and how does that, you know, carry on day to day, um, really starting from the beginning? Man, um, you know, I, I dealt with being a functional alcoholic uh, for 15 years. Um, I accomplished everything I've accomplished, which, you know, uh, while dealing with, uh, you know, alcoholism, I don't know, uh, you know, functional alcoholism to me is, I was able to, to do everything um, and but maintain as a dysfunctional functional balance between, you know, needing to drink at night in my mind to sleep or to, to, or to just chill uh, because my life was crazy stressful and I was promoting MMA events. I was running my gym. I was married. I had kids. I mean, I was training uh, for several years. I was still competing and, uh, Man, I was just burning from every, I mean, my every angle I had was on fire. And to me, I felt like alcohol was just my way to balance it. But the reality is it was never that. I just, uh, I was an alcoholic, you know. And <clears throat> I said, uh, you know, uh, a year after, a year into my sobriety, you know, I just said, listen, I'm, you know, I'm not embarrassed as shit. You know, like nothing bothers me. And if I, if I have something valuable that could give a kid his dad back or a wife or a husband back or, you know, uh, instead of them being just, you know, keeping it to myself, like I'm ashamed. I've got a big name in this, in my community. I mean, I had, it, it, it would have been a big risk to have everyone in this town heckle me, you know, yeah. uh, it, it could have been huge. Cause I, I am a, a person that's been here. I've had my business for over 20 years and I'm a known guy and I'm supposed to have all my shit together and, have no, you know, Mr. Fitness, Mr. Jiu-Jitsu, and oh, God, you're an alcoholic. Well, what? You know? So anyway, I said, screw all that. And uh, the first thing I did was go live on Facebook and just tell my story. And uh, ever since then, I've not stopped. I'm not embarrassed of it. Um, and I've been able to impact and help, 
a lot of a lot of men um, that have come to me and just you know because they just functional alcoholism is everywhere. It's your dad. It's your uh, it's your doctor. It's your lawyer. You'd be shocked because it's usually people that are I don't want to say successful because that's a snotty ass word, but like they they're not just like laying on a bench at six o'clock in the morning drinking forties yeah. at the gas station. There are exactly. people out there getting it done, doing things with their lives. Uh, and they, and they have this, um, addiction. They, they, they're, they're, they're self-medicating with it, you know, and you won't know who they are because they're, 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 and it's the most dangerous kind, in my opinion, form of alcoholism, because you, you found a balance like for mine, dude, I wouldn't drink before 5 PM. I wouldn't drink after 9 30 PM. I didn't care what I was doing. I had that shit down to a science, but I was going to drink. Yeah, you, know, you know, in the afternoons, I, I would work my life around it, you know, and uh, and it was awful. It was awful. And my health started to suffer. And uh, and I just, you know, my life was falling apart. I had to go to the hospital several times in one year thinking I was having a heart attack. Uh, the stress, everything just caught up with me. And until finally, uh, June 13th, um, you know, it will be seven years next month. Uh, I, man, I just I, I just said one morning I woke up and I, of course, I tried to quit drinking hundreds of times, but I just. I woke up and I stopped. I didn't do anything. I didn't go to groups. I didn't do anything. I just stopped. I hit rock bottom. And that's what anyone that wants to seek recovery has to do. Yeah. It's great to have help. It's great to have help. And it's great to be surrounded by people who love you and want to help you. But damn it, at the end of the day, if you don't want to quit, I don't care if you go out to Beverly Hills and go to the most exotic rehab you've ever been in. You're not going to quit. You got to yeah. get to that point where you just can't even stand the idea of holding one in your hand, holding a drink in your hand or a smoke or a drug or a pill, whatever it is, where you just physically are so disgusted by it that you can't even do it another day. That's when you'll stop and you won't need help. You'll just stop. And I'm no expert, expert. So nobody flame me on this shit. I'm just telling you my story. It's just my story. I woke up and was like, fuck this. I'm done. And I've been done. And I've, you know, it doesn't phase me. I'm around people that drink. Cause they don't bother me. I don't like being around idiots, but I understand, you know, uh, and because of my story, I've had a lot of men with kids and businesses and successful people come to me and be like, man, I got to know what you did. I'm like, I didn't do shit. You ready to quit or not? Yeah. It stopped. You know? Yeah. And then you're done. You're done. And, you know, uh, it's funny because, you know, I got tattoos and stuff. A lot of people have tattoos, but half of them will go get some shit off the wall. But like, this is my, this is the date I quit drinking. And, this is uh, this is the my left hand, which is the hand I drank with. So I do things like that to keep me accountable. I can't, I couldn't imagine um, picking up a drink with this hand because that's the date of my sobriety. And so all that's for a reason, you know. It's silly, but if it's if it's not silly to you, it ain't silly. So no, it's it's not silly at all, and it has so much, you know, meaning. You know, we we talk about this, and again, this isn't trying to be like, oh, look at this. But I'm like, I have a degree in psychology. Like all of okay. that makes perfect sense because if you did it on your right hand, your right arm, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have the same effect. Correct. So if you that's, that's, I could like you see, I couldn't possibly, I, I couldn't possibly put alcohol to my lips with that hand. And I don't even think I have the coordination to do it with my right hand. So I'd pour it all over my face. <laughs> Are you left-handed? Yeah. It's weird though, man. I do everything right-handed. I'm those one of those people. Like I, I play guitar right-handed. I box right-handed. I, I do I throw a ball right-handed. And the only thing I do is 
Hammer, Bladesmith, uh, and Wright. That's it. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I tried throwing with my left. So I used to be left-handed. I don't know if I've ever told this story. Um, and I had a German babysitter when I was a kid. And every time I used my left hand, she would smack it. My dad's <laughs> left-handed. So I was like, okay. And I remember just, you know, trying to throw a ball left-handed. And you're like, uh-huh. hey, no, I, I, you know, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I can do certain things left-handed that work out. And I remember even my little sister, when we were, she was growing up, we gave her the ball. We put it in her right hand because that's what you think. And she threw it like that. And then we put yeah. it in her left hand and let her throw it. And we were like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Similar, similar story. So I'm, I'm 44. I'm an older guy. And I was in kindergarten and, and, you know, they didn't have any like sophisticated ways to, you know, it's like cavemen, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, I, when I was there, I did, oh, I guess my motor skills or whatever you call it, but I was doing everything with my left hand. Like, uh, no, I'm sorry with my right hand. I was playing, we weren't even riding and stuff. Then I don't believe coloring in the lines and shit. So I was, um, I was outside playing, throwing a ball with my right hand. So they just assumed I was right-handed and they would put me in class and I'm like, I can't draw a straight line, you know, or with my right hand. So I'm like, they're like, God, he's, you know, he's got special needs. What's wrong with him? You know? And they put me in a special needs class, which is, uh, and I always was like, what's the, you know, what the hell's going on? And one day I'm, I'll never forget her name. She's this mean old lady. Her name was Miss Kingsinger. And, and, uh, she walked up and I was, I was coloring a picture of a damn cat looking out a window, you know, those little coloring books. I'll yeah. never forget it. It was a black cat. I, I colored it and I was all shaded in cool looking. And I walked up and she about had a heart attack. She's like, he's left-handed. So like, and this was after <laughs> like being in that class, like six months. So they put me back in class and realized oh. I was left-handed and oh. yeah, true story, man. So, yeah. I didn't think we'd go from sobriety to, you know, special needs class and, Coloring cats. Everybody listening, watching, we are not making fun of it, but the fact that back then they didn't notice that no. because no, you, you weren't right-handed, you must have been like there must yeah. have been something wrong with you. Yeah, they you didn't go through tests. You just they just went off your your motor skills, I guess, how you play, you know, and just assume well he throws a ball with his right hand. I'm sure he's going to hold a pencil or a crayon, and then they don't realize now it's just you know we're the weirdos, man. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, really, nowadays, I can do very little with my left. You know, I can yeah. still read. I can still do all that stuff if I have to. But, yeah, and I really, that only comes into play when you're sitting next to somebody who's left-handed. Because then right. you're going to be bumping elbows. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to switch hands. Dude, it's uh, it's funny because, like, I wish I had all those, those uh, traits to where I would pass guard to my right and oh. do shit. It'd be great. It'd be like a superpower. Everybody passes to the left. Yeah. You could pass to your right. You would be a ninja. I don't give a yeah. shit if you're a blue belt half the time. But anyway, I'm just saying, hey, like, I hey, wish hey, I could. Hey, watch it. Watch it. Blue belt. Yeah. Blue belt. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, I know exactly because you're right. Everybody does try to pass. Yeah. To always left. pass to the left. Normally. I mean, from my experience, I mean, uh, I remember one time I trained at a school. It was a long time ago. Um, and their coach would make every guy left-handed he'd make all of his mma guys southpaws if you rolled everyone passed to uh pass to the right and i went in there and i swear it was like i never trained a day in my life and yeah. and because everyone was just it was just it was amazing um and most of these guys were right-handed but everybody in that gym would spar compete pass hard to the right 
and they and I'm not trying to knock on them, but they were terrible. But damn, they were tough because yeah. uh, um, you just weren't ready for a room full of southpaws. You know, you go into a gym and there might be a hundred guys and two south two southpaws. Yeah, that's why the southpaws always seem to have such an advantage because they're used to those ninety eight guys that are off conventional. So they have like this cool little skill and everybody else is just trying, you know, there's two of them and 98, everybody else as far as the same, same with grappling. Uh, but uh, yeah. So his whole gym was like that. So every damn guy I trained with was tough. You know, I wild. mean, I can imagine the, the move to the left, it just seems more natural than the move to the right. Sure. Sometimes you got to do the back step and do everything else to the right. You're never doing a back step to the left. And if mm. you are, you're a freaking genius. Cause you know, who knows how you pulled that shit off. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because uh, I'm a I got my black belt under Elio Seneca, and he passes to the left. I'm sorry, he passes to the right. Okay. And uh, he told me once that a lot of times they would put him against De La Hiva. I think it's Ricardo De La Hiva, the one who invented the De La Hiva guard. It, it worked, just, yeah. Yeah. just because he would pass to the right and it would shut his De La Hiva down, and. Because you got to realize, I mean, almost like he would fit into De La Hiva. And De La Hiva's not, you got to realize, it's nothing like it is today. No. He, you know, his style imagine, De like, we've been training De La Hiva, like, as recently as last night. Yeah. And I will say this, and it's no disrespect, I'm not built for De La Hiva. Nah. You, you, My I body mean, is not. Nah, you just got to, yeah, well, it's, I'm that way. I Man, I'm 5'7", 260 pounds, and. And just built like an ape. So I don't yeah. do that inverted shit and all that. But uh, there's aspects of it I like. Um, oh, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Transitional. Yeah, yeah. Man, listen, it's just like any move. It's like a buffet, man. you got to make your own plate. You know, and uh, every move, is every move. I don't care how great it is, it, it's going to be shit for somebody and amazing for someone else. And that's why I can say with my gym, as soon as people get to like purple under me here, I put them in charge of, they don't might not even know they're teaching that night. I'm, I'll just jump in class. Um, I am hyper focused on uh, free thinking with my students. And so I'll put them in the hot seat, but like, show your favorite thing. And, uh, or they'll come in and they're like, Hey, let me show you this, this move I learned on this video on BJJ for next. I'm like, awesome. You're going to, you're going to teach that tonight in class. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, but what I'm trying to do is to get, uh, to get my guys to think on their own. I don't know in the world of jujitsu. I don't even know like less than shit. I know. I mean, there's too big and it, and it evolves every day. Jujitsu is going to evolve today Yeah. where a lot of traditional martial arts hasn't evolved in hundreds of years. Jujitsu is going to evolve today. And that's why I told my guys, I was promoting one of my black belts and I said, listen, I learned a long time ago not to just base uh, rank and stuff on just skill because as the, you know, the old saying, you know, father time's undefeated. We're all going to suck at this at some point. Yeah. I don't care. Gordon Ryan is going to suck at this at some point. I mean, cause age. Um, and so it's important that, uh, that you gauge your progression on more than just being a, you know, a king of your own mat. Um, yeah. And so I try to tell my guys, you know, I, I can't be your YouTube. I can't be your Google. I can't be the end of all end of your jujitsu because, um, number one, you're probably not going to roll like me. Um, I don't want you to roll like me and, and I want you to pick up what you benefit from me and the fundamentals and the basics, 
But as quickly as I as soon as I know that you can walk on your own, I want you to start discovering your own your own thing instead of just, you know, putting you into my jujitsu cult and making you do the same shit I do, you know, and wear the same geese I wear and the same, you know, shit like that. That's trash. And um, so I I your bullet points. That's one of the bullet points, (laughs) man. Listen, I, you know, and, and I'll say whatever, you know, I'm nobody, man. Like, I mean that, like, I'm just a hillbilly down in Tennessee that's been doing jujitsu nearly 30 years. I, I, I love all grappling. Um, you know, uh, if, if it's grappling, I'm in, um, I, and I'm nobody, you know, I'm no Johnny come lately with BJJ fanatic shit out there and whatever. What I'll tell you is that I've watched every trend come and go. You know, I started jujitsu in 1994, uh, and, and I watched everything. I mean, literally, every trend, every Johnny, every, every new guy, you know, I watched when, uh, you know, guys like Tejede were tearing up the scene and then you had your, you know, then onto your Marcellos and, and, and all those guys, you know, there's these phases, uh, when Ricardo Arona and all those 80, the early ADCC guys, Mark Kerr, all that. I've watched every badass number one guy in the world since it kind of really hit here in the States. And, it's never going to stop being those things. I mean, we're, you know, I'm saying in five, six years, we might start seeing a new changing of the guard. And Gordon Ryan, I believe, has even talked about it, where he's like, there's up and comers. And thank yeah. God for those guys who've changed the game. Yeah. They changed the game more in a couple of years than people weren't doing no gi because it sucked. I mean, no gi sucked. It was boring. It was a bunch of wrestlers, a bunch of slippery sweat and stalling, and the occasional submission. Early ADCCs were painful to watch. But you get these guys coming in that says, I don't care what you like. Uh, if you don't like that I do leg locks or not, it is what it is. You lose, yeah. you know. And, uh, man, you know, I'm not one to jump on a bandwagon. I, I, I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a brat. I'm not like, oh, I don't like that shit. These trendy. I'm not. I'm very open-minded. I'm down for whatever. But you're going to have – I got to find the value in it. Like, I can't, I can't do some fluffy stuff and – dedicate time to it or, 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 or uh, give it to my students. Like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be real. That's one of the reasons yeah. the last, that's one of the reasons the last couple of years I've really got heavily into wrestling, catch wrestling, uh, just submission wrestling, I, wrestling, yeah. not, not, not you get to wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but there, more, emphasized, yeah, but more emphasized on the, the, the aspects of wrestling that I think, should be in jujitsu. One of the reasons I got tons of wrestlers. I got tons of wrestlers that come to me and train with me. And the main reason they do is they hear from other wrestlers that I'm not going to take their nuts from them. I'm not going to make them jujitsu guys when they're, you know, badass collegiate wrestlers. Like don't bring them in and, and, and put them on their back and tell them to get comfortable. Cause they're not. Yeah. No. You gotta realize, I mean, I, what is it? What is it now? It took me 20 years to get my black belt because there was just no one to promote you. But I think the average now is what, like eight years, 10 years. So you got to realize that if these guys have been wrestling since middle school, bro, all the way up through middle, elementary, high college, they're fucking black belts. Yeah. They're black belts in their style of grappling and martial art and wrestling is a martial art big time. And they are. And that's why a wrestler can come in and from high school and and walk in and give everybody in the room a damn fit. Yeah. As long as they can stay out of a few things. Shit. I mean, yeah. And you look see at Nicky Rod. Yeah, look at Nicky Rod. I mean, early on. Now he's he's 
he's a hell on wheels jujitsu, you know, submission wrestler now. But I bet you the first day that dude walked in class to a jujitsu gym, everybody in the everybody in there was like, holy shit, you know? And um, because he just wrestled screws people, you know? And uh, it is, you know, and if you can't stop it, you're gonna don't whine about it. You know, don't whine about that shit. If you if you're getting leg locked every time you roll with a guy, don't complain. You know, you know, learn that, learn it, adjust, change your game, quit being stubborn. And uh, man, I love that those guys came in and just flipped the whole scene on its head. Yeah. And I wasn't, and I initially wasn't like, man, you know, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't sold, you know. But I knew of Donaher for a long, long time. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I come from way back when guys like Gokor were just kind of getting on the scene and doing his thing and, and uh, Oleg Tekterov and, uh, and all these old, old school dudes mm-hmm. that were, they were doing leg locks. And I mean, you know, I kind of came from that era uh, trained with a guy uh, Tony, named Tony Lopez. I don't even know where he's at. And he's a little dude, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a karate guy that did combat Sambo and he had some mean shit. And I had some, I had some videotapes of his instructionals VCR tape for you kids. And I used to burn for, him things for you up. kids out there. For you hey, kids out there. Yeah, and I'm telling you, man, I wish I could find them because I remember a lot of the stuff that was on them now, just the breaking mechanics and stuff he showed. I was like, God, I wish I could get my hands on those things because they were they were they were awesome. And uh, and you know, it's funny because for the longest time I thought I'm I'm good at leg locks. I know all the. I mean, I toe hold, heel hook, reverse heel hook. I mean, all that crap. I you know, you knew them. You yeah. thought until. So one day, uh, one of my students uh, is really big into, uh, I mean, he literally, I got to say this because it, it's ridiculous, but he's got that, uh, his name's Tim, and he'll watch this. And I give him massive amounts of shit. And, uh, and so, but he's about two foot tall, and he's got all the, all the Gary Tonin outfits. He came in here one day, listen, he came in here one day at the American flag shit, and this thing even had his sponsors. I said, do you even, does it even, uh, he, it had his shirt, but it had like Toyo tires and all this shit. I was like, <laughs> they, they sell it with his sponsors. I was like, that's gangster as hell. Like they got yeah. people running around. And, um, but that's anyway, a, I, I, I say that lovingly because he's, he's one of, he's one of my brown belts. He's an awesome guy and he's, he's a small guy, but man, he got so into the leg lock game that it was just like, wow. Like it was really hard to stay out of, of what he was doing. So I started having him. I tell you, I would tell him, I'd be like, Tim, here, I'll buy these videos. If you'll study them and teach them, I don't want to fool around with that. You just, you show, <laughs> I swear we had a little thing going. So he would come and he would show a few things. I'm like, all right, cool. I can't sit and watch a DVD. I'd rather poke my eyeballs out and, um, or, or, or an instructional. Like I got like the attention span of a gnat on cocaine. So I have to, uh, I, I'm like, just show it to me. Let's train. Let's train. So he ended up starting to show me this stuff. Well, Funny enough, uh, two years ago in December, I got COVID. I've had COVID twice, but I got that first strain of it. Yeah, the, and, the first strain that we didn't know what it was. Right. And so I got it. You know, uh, I can tell you some funny ass stories another time, another time. But I got some hilarious stories from that. Anyway, uh, I lost my smell, taste. I was sick for four or five days and then it went away. I was like, all right, cool. But then like, like two, yeah. yeah, like two weeks later, I got like bronchitis, like a second kick of it. Well, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew that I couldn't do anything. If I laid on my back, it was like I was having an anxiety attack. I mean, it was terrible. It was like, it was like I just, you know, an elephant had sat on my chest. And um, so I couldn't do jujitsu. I couldn't train. Uh, I, I mean, I literally would demonstrate a move and I'd be just like wheezing. It would be awful. 
So then I started having pain in my chest. So I thought, oh shit, I'm having a heart attack or, or this COVID's done something to my heart. So I went and had um, all the stress tests. I, I did the treadmill test. I had the blood work, the EKGs, the echocardiogram. I had all of it. And they're like, no, dude, you're good. And uh, so no, I, um, so anyway, I was like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? I, I, you know, like, and so I had to finally go down a rabbit hole and I figured it out. And I think the name is Costo, Costo chondritis or whatever. Anyway, it's got something to do with the inflammation in your, the, your ribs. And it happens with like viral infections or a mm -hmm. bad wreck or something. Anyway, I say all that to say this. I, uh, I couldn't train. I couldn't roll at all. So I said, you know, and I always tell my guys, I said, listen, an injury is an opportunity to improve. And I've always done that. Um, anytime I've ever been hurt, I never get down about it. I'm like, all right. And I treat everything in my life this way. If, I, if I'm faced with something that sucks and kicks my ass, man, I'm telling you, uh, I just went through probably the hardest eight months of my life. Uh, you know, and I've had to find the silver lining in all of it. And there always is. You know, there's always a lesson. There's always something if you just don't, if you're just not a little bitch, you know, and you, and you deal with it. And that's true. I mean, I, I love that moment of like, like motivational speaker, motivational speaker. Don't be a bitch. That's the truth, man. And I'm the biggest bitch there is. And, and I have to check myself all the time. And uh, when I'm done pouting, then I, I, I put my plan together and uh, that's what I've had to do. Well, anyway, and I've, and like I said, I, I, I approach everything this way. And man, I'm not, I approach it when I quit drinking, when I've overcome a lot of childhood shit, uh, you know, any injuries, any setbacks. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm nobody, but the little bit I got, I built that shit myself. You know, I'm a self-made man and uh, I own everything I have. I don't have debt. I don't have, I, and I don't sell that cause I, cause I'm bragging cause I ain't got much. But I'm yeah. not owned by shit. I don't, you know, my jujitsu isn't owned by shit. You know, I'm under no one. You know, uh, I get along with everyone. There's a big difference. You know, when you're an asshole and you're alone, that sucks. You're on an island by yourself. I get along with Seneca, with everybody, with Samuel Braga, who I trained with for a while, who uh, promoted me to my uh, first and second degree. Um, I get along with everybody. Our gym is very open. People come from all the gyms around to train here. Because there's just no politics, no BS, and I make sure that they communicate with their coach. Because I don't like that. These young guys, I don't want to get off too far on the on the making your your weakness a strength. But I do want to get back to that. Remind me about people coming to your gym, cross training, and so forth. Because this is important. Yeah. Young guys need to hear this shit. And uh, so and girls and girls too. Uh, anybody that grapples needs to hear it for real. From a business owner, from a, a an instructor, from a guy who's done jujitsu almost 30 years i'm gonna you know i'm gonna tell you a big problem in jiu-jitsu and um or people character not just jiu-jitsu just character but anyway i always say an injury is an opportunity to improve so i was like i can't i can't train hard i can't breathe it's still two years later all i can do to really get a good hard rolling and it sucks but it is what it is it could be much worse i could have lost a leg or a you know worse anyway so I don't, I don't bitch about it. I just deal. Anyway, I said that year, I told, I told one of the guys, I said, listen, I said, I can't train hard, but I can get better. So I went for one year, a, a complete year and went down the rabbit hole of leg locks and did nothing but leg locks, nothing. Cause I couldn't roll hard. So I would drill, I would dissect things. I would find the connections. Uh, when the guys were rolling, if there was a free guy, he would come over and I would just flow in and out of the leg game. 
by the end of that year, I, I realized I didn't know shit about leg locks before. Um, and because the leg lock game to me is its own guard. Everyone yeah. treats it like here's a leg lock, there's a leg lock, there's a leg lock. When the reality is, it's a leg lock guard system, just like you know, spider guard or X guard or whatever. It's a Turtle. system, and don't learn it segmented because you'll never understand the connections, the flow of why these guys. Once you get caught, you're like in a spider web of leg lock fuckery. You're just in there, and so because those guys have learned how to to chain you and, and to pull you into that quicksand, so. Um, I really spent a long time doing that. And then of course I have a lot of, I don't, I, everyone's my influence. I learned more and I'm not saying this to sound cool or sound like, well, what a good guy, but I truly mean this. I learned more from my own students than I've learned from anyone ever. Um, because I encourage them to go out, cross train, seek, find what you can and bring good shit, you know, bring it back, show it yeah. to me. I'm not going to be like, what are you doing? You train at my Academy fucking os you know like that's what we do you know um, or whatever it is it i think it's os 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 god i can't fuck with that bro i'm sorry and, and here, here here's what's funny is that you know it's always something and i you know we had you had given me this bullet point list a few days ago and i was kind of looking over things and then we were you know last night we do it in us and i was like why why do we say and i know that sounds terrible nah but I'm it's like, a, well, it, I, I realize it, it's an anything and everything kind of it statement. It is. And it's a sign of respect. Sure. And there's For nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, nothing. For real. I'm saying just for me, it's cringy as hell. And it, But in the same thing, like when I was doing the Spartan races, and all these guys would be like, I'll ruin shit. I'm like, I, 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 <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not a cool guy, and I'm not cooler than anybody else. But it's just like. That's, 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 it does. I'm just not doing it. It's just, it's hard. I don't, my guys don't call me professor. I don't shock up for no reason. Like I said, if I'm going to, somebody shock is to me, they better have a fucking surfboard and, and like, or whatever. Like, when did that shit become a thing? I guess Brazil, like they also, I don't know, but I don't do that shit. And, um, if you see my guys doing it in a picture, like if we're ever taking a group picture, they're all doing it just to fuck with me. All of them. <laughs> I, and it's, I don't know why it bothers me, dude, but it's like, it's like being around somebody who's doing karaoke and they can't sing and you just need to get up and go to the bathroom. Like you can't, like, you're like, Oh my God. Like you're mortified for them. That shit does that to me. And I don't know why, but if I, somebody does that around me, I'm just like, Oh, you know, it's like, what are you fucking, it's fucked up. I, but anyway, I, I think I'm just going to put you and Phil, Phil, Philip Leeds was on the show a few episodes ago and we talked about those, you know, the difference between, you know, I'm saying old jujitsu, but I'm talking. Yeah, that's all years. it is. Listen, it's, I'm just a crotchety old jujitsu man. That's all it is. Get off my fucking so yard. To hear people with black belts, number one, say things like, I know this much about jujitsu. Like yeah. that to me scares me as a blue belt. Cause I'm like, I, I thought, and then every black belt says the same thing. They say, I spent all this time to get to a black belt and I feel like I just started over. Well, I'll tell you why it's because at black belt, you realize you're never going to outrun jujitsu. You think you get your black belt, you know, you've got, you've hit this level of like you're a fucking unicorn or something and you just know everything. But then you get there and you realize no matter how hard I train, no matter how many, you know, seminars I go to or videotapes I watch, I'm, this is my opinion. 
I'm never going to be any good at this. It, it's grow. It grows too fast. And that's because jujitsu is everywhere. People like yourself, you know, blue belts that have an open mind are on YouTube and they're, and they're hungry and they're learning shit and, and they're sharing it and jujitsu. And then all of a sudden somebody with a little bit more knowledge gets a hold of it and levels it up. And then somebody with more knowledge than them levels it up. And then somebody big does it a different way. And somebody long and skinny does it a different way. And before you know it, man, it, it, that's the thing. It's a monster. Jiu-jitsu yeah. is a monster. And then, fuck, when you start throwing in wrestling, uh, you know, Sambo and all these other styles, dude, they they all have their own uh, their own evolutions too. So you're getting like guys that are doing jiu-jitsu now. I'm, I'm, I'm envious, but I also feel very sorry for them. Because we got we have like dinosaur shit, dude. Back in like when I when I started, I was a I was a junior in high school. I'm 44 now, so that kind of gives you an idea. But I'm telling you, if you knew a triangle, an americana, and like a double leg, you were a fucking ninja. Like you could beat up anyone you knew, <laughs> without question. And and uh and it was awesome because I remember. Um, We'd go to like I'd go to my buddy Josh's. We we were going to his girlfriend's house, and when it, when their parents were at work, and we'd move the coffee table and just drill shit on the carpet, just anywhere we could find anywhere, and we would drill like our two moves, and we loved that. I mean, you loved it. It was just so powerful at the time and fun, and uh, and you know you were learning. Uh, I got a funny story. I had a bunch of them, but anyway, it was cool because it was so organic and real and. Now jujitsu's just good God, everywhere you look, it's just getting barfed on you. And as soon as I turn on my Facebook or social media, it's just blah 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 blah. I'm like, you know, how do you tell how do you tell someone like, hey, don't look at that? That's like telling a 14 year old boy not to look at titties. You know, it's like, you know, I'm serious. It's like you're gonna walk away and they're gonna look at them titties, man, because they're that's what you do. And so you tell a bunch of brand new, you know, under a year jujitsu guys not to look at YouTube. You're out of your mind because they're no, ate up. Now. They got the bug, man. They, if they get bit by the bug, they can't sleep at night. They're thinking jujitsu 24-7. I was that way. And so, uh, yeah, it's like – but the bad thing is it's just every – it's just too much. It's yeah. too much. Um, I just got done training tonight, and I was teaching one of my guys, and we were working on some really basic, like, simple trap roll sweep stuff. And he's like, man, I, I've been doing this and been doing that, and – he said, I, you know, and I said, uh, you know, and I was, he, you, you, he's one of those guys. He's like, he hurt his shoulder. He's like, man, I've been on TikTok, fucking Facebook, YouTube and everything for three weeks. Cause I was hurt. Just trying to like learn. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you should have come just sat in class. I was like, dude, don't make it harder than it has to be. You know, that is, that is the universal thing. Every black belt, everybody in jujitsu and martial arts get hurt. Don't stay home. Uh-uh. Go sit say, on the sidelines and watch. Go help coach. Like, do something to get in well, there. It, be in the culture. Be with yeah. your people. Be with your community. Continue that camaraderie because that's what encourages the whole process. We don't do – it's like this. I, I can I can make it real simple real fast. If I asked you and I said, all right, man, like, if you knew you would never in your life ever, ever need to use jujitsu. Uh, or compete, would you still train? Yeah. Then you, you're not doing it to just be a badass. You're not doing it to learn how to fight. You're doing it because of the community and the culture and your friends. Yeah. So 
why are you going to miss that just because you, you know, your, your titties are sore or some shit. Like just go to go sit, be with your people, you know? Uh, and, um, that, that I know that about me. I'd train the exact same way if I knew I'd never need it because of my, because of my friends, my friends are on the mat. They're not my, I'm not, God, I don't even want to say it. They're like, they're not my students. They're my friends. You know, I don't mean that, but they really are by God, you know, and it's like, (laughs) But golly, uh, golly, these are just some swell motherfuckers. But anyway, I um, but they're my they're my people, man. Like they're my friends, and uh, they're the people you know that I we do stuff outside here, whatever. And so I always say it's like that FOMO, that fear of missing out. You get FOMO. Go look. Go just go sit. Dude, using the 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 acronyms that the kids are using nowadays. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, like I know for me these days. I'll teach all the time. And I mean, I used to be that that coach for 15 years that, that would roll with everybody in the room. I rolled every class I taught and I ain't doing that shit no more. Number one, I got a bunch of killers and they love nothing more than to rough me up. So I, I, and nobody feeling sorry for me. And so we we all, we all do that because it's, it's a, it's a, it's a a feather in the cap. Sure. Oh yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and yeah, I always I tell them too, and 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 it, I bite my own ass because I tell them I'm like, you better come after me, like, uh, you know, I don't want to raise a bunch of bitches, you know, like I like, and I'm not a tough guy. Let me tell you, like they they beat my ass, and uh, and I love it because the idea is I can't stand if there's one thing I hate in anything really, but jujitsu is pretty bad about it. I cannot stand the instructors who have this 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 uh throne they want to stay on in their own school it's like they joke they dojo storm their own gym like they're in there be you know dojo storming their own students like i'm going to be the the fucking king dingling in this class. i'm like no shit you're the coach you're like my job is to make sure that everybody i coach gets better than me because that's truly my job yeah my job not is i don't want to be like that person that's like hey you're pretty good just not as good as me it's like, well, you're fired, bitch. You know, like I'm gonna find somebody who wants me better. You know, like you raise your kids to be better men or women, you know, and then you were and uh like you learn from you you want them to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. But you got these guys out here that have, that are insecure and they stifle their students, and that's why you see these guys at brown belt and stuff like that switching gyms. Sometimes it's not just because they're assholes, it's because they they've picked up on what you do. Yeah. And I'll never be guilty of that. You know, um, I tell my guys all the time and I mean it. I'm like, I will genuinely be pumped if you catch me legit. Because well, I mean, and I don't mean to jump in, but I have to at this moment because I know exactly where where that's going. But anybody listening, anybody watching the next time you're rolling with people and you see the professor get swept or submitted by one of the students. Don't look at the person who just did it. Look at the professor walking away. Or the coach walking away in your case, because I know you said that you don't like to be called professor. Yeah. But look at the smile on their face. Sure. Because they know you've been getting better. Well, think of this. Think about the first time you, you know, my, my son, man, the first time he scored a goal in basketball, the first time it went in, I was just like, I'd almost jumped out of my damn shirt. And uh, because you're like, you just watch them maturing and getting better and you you love them and you care about them. And you know what that little sweep did for that person. That might have fueled their training energy for six weeks. Yeah. That one little sweep might have kept them, and you didn't realize they were on the verge of burnout and quitting. And now that just, poof, just sent them off. 
you can't, you can't, like I said, you can't dojo storm your own students. You know what dojo storming is? No, like back, that's why I'm looking at you like. Oh, back in the day, back in like the, the late 90s, you know, guys that did jujitsu would go into like karate schools like the Gracie's would and basically challenge the instructor and or, or jujitsu gyms would go into other jujitsu gyms and just just to see who they could beat. And, it, you know, it's like dojo storming. You're storming their dojo. Well, the problem is, is there's too many damn jujitsu instructors around that storm their own students. Or you got or you got uh, guys in class that are showing up to dojo storm everybody in the room. I mean, dude, those are your that's your family. Now, you should be able to go after each other hard and yeah. train. But the difference is when you in your own mind, you're keeping score. I beat you. I beat you. I always beat you. And I won't roll with you because you suck. And, then, you know, if you're in there doing that, you're a, you're a dick, you know. And so, um, but, you know, those types of people don't ever stay around any one gym uh, for whatever reason. Because no one ever develops a, a, a camaraderie with them. No bond. Yeah, at all. Right. And that that's why we're doing this, man. I know what's, I know that's corny, dude. Trust me. My, uh, the most influential person I've ever had in my life was my judo sensei, uh, Michael Carter. And he was a psychology professor and he used to talk about things and we would just sit there and, you know, I'd be staring at the light in the, in the gym, just like Jesus, Lord have mercy. But I'm telling you all that stuff stayed with me and the culture I try to have, uh, in my gym, the culture I try to build with my people is the exact same culture that I grew up in. I didn't know how powerful it was back then, you know, and what an impact it was making on me as a 17 year old kid, you know, yeah. uh, but to this day, I'm, I feel the same vibe in my place. You know, um, if I ran it different, I'd probably have 500 students. I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot of students, but they're, they're awesome. Not just awesome on the map, but they're, they're just genuinely damn good people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, uh, you know, that, that to me, that's what I was setting out to do. I mean, I know you got a lot of instructors out here that are like, you know, I've got X amount of black belts and blah, blah, blah. My goal is to have 12 black belts before they bury me. I want to have 12. I don't know why. I, you know, I was like, I just want to have 12. But every one of those 12 are going to be. Amazing. I, only, I only want 12. Anything above that's a bonus. If I get 12, I will let my highest ranking black belt start promoting the rest. But my first 12 will be my, like my my contribution to grappling and and i can tell you that like all of my you know anybody gets a black belt with me i guarantee you they are solid ass humans because i don't I, judging their skill on the mat i know people are gonna whatever but that's the least of my worries of how great their jujitsu is if they're gonna get yeah. a black but i already know they can go they can train but you know you think al bundy got a black belt because he's a badass on the mat, you know, come on. I mean, you get, you get, there, there's more to this. You know, I, I always say there's like three, there's like three different types of black belt or high or, or high ranked st- person. You've got your, you got your a level black belt who that's the guy who goes and does every tournament every weekend. He's a fucking savage. He beats everybody in the room, even as a blue belt, black belt, everybody's just, a, he's a beast. Yeah. Um, or the black belt that does the same thing. Just, you know, you got your freaks, you know, your ones that, you know, uh, that are just incredible, but they can't teach shit and they don't want to teach shit. They've not taught a class in their life. They're, they're, they're an athlete or whatever. They're worried about their own goal. 
Mm-hmm. So they don't really even know what they're doing. They just do it. They got great jujitsu and they don't know why. They're just, they train, they drill, they, they go through patterns or whatever, and they're just amazing at it. Okay. Then you got your B guy who's good. I consider myself a B guy. Like, I'm good. I, I'm going to give pretty much most people a tough role. Um, but I'm a, but I'm a great instructor. I'm a great instructor and I know how to break things down and I know how to communicate with people and teach a wide variety of people. You know, um, that's my real skill. I can still hold my own on the mat. Um, I'm still prideful enough that I want to be good, Yeah, uh, exactly. but I'll get my ass beat by, well, I, a good example. One day I was training and, uh, uh, Felipe Pena came in town and, uh, I got an opportunity just to, just to roll with him before he flew back out. And I realized I suck ass. Like he, he, I literally felt like uh, I felt like a toilet seat, dude. I was like, this dude's just shitting all over me. Like, and he's being nice. And like, I was like, <laughs> I'm kidding. And that's when I knew I was like, man, there's levels and I'm feeling it. And he was, I, I knew he wasn't even trying, but I just had nothing. But I, but I bet I could probably, I'm not saying this to be negative to anybody, but I bet I could probably take a person if he took someone or someone like him at his level and we had six weeks to train an equally talented age, everything, I truly feel like I could produce a better jujitsu guy faster because I wasn't a career jujitsu player. I was a coach. I was a student. I wasn't naturally, you know, gifted. And I didn't want that for myself. Shit. I was a drunk (laughs) and and I was trying to do jujitsu with a hangover. I don't know how, you know, it is what it is. So yeah, you a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, then you got your C-level uh, black belt. And the C-level guy is your favorite guy in the fucking gym. He's hilarious. He's he's terrible. His jiu-jitsu is terrible. But by God, if he ain't there, you hate it. And when he shows up, everybody in the room's pumped because, you know, because he's he keeps the, the vibe so good. Mm-hmm. And, and he keeps people coming and he keeps people excited and, and you just love him to death, man. He's like a gym mascot. You're going to tell me if that guy's trained 10, 12 years and he doesn't miss whatever you're not going to, he's not a black belt. Of course he is. He's added more to that room than the world-class grappler did. The world-class grappler just used everybody as a toilet seat. This guy's over here making everybody love coming to class. Literally they can't wait. On him. Yeah. They can't wait to get out of work to go hang out with, you know, uh, him because he's hilarious. He makes their evening, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And if you can be a little bit of all of that, that's the goal. Like I'm a pretty funny guy. I'm a. I like to laugh and cut up. My art classes are hilarious. Like I mean, they're hilarious. The shit we do to each other is ridiculous. But <laughs> but we also try. We also roll hard. Um, we give each other tons of shit, and it's awesome. It is awesome, and. I build a gym. I would join, you know, as simple as that. I would try, I would 100% train here. And, uh, so it's simple, but what I was going to tell you too, what I thought was, uh, is a real issue. And it's always, it's always been an issue. You say the the cross training. I I was going to, I was like, give me a segue. Give me one. (laughs) Well, the thing, the thing about it is, man, is like this. I tell my guys all the time. I'm like, go train wherever you want. I don't mind. Um, you know, go play with your friends, but know where you live, you know, uh, it's, it's different. And when you're like that, you never lose anybody because when uh, half the time, when they go out, they realize we do have something special. 
like the vibe, the, the community. Um, I want them to go see what else is available. Um, and if they do find somewhere that's a better suit for them, then they need to go there because here's the thing. If somebody comes in here and all they want to do is be a world champion, this ain't the gym for them. Cause I yeah. don't give a, I don't give a rat's nuts about uh, points. I don't care about this belt. Shouldn't do this to that belt. I don't give a shit. The, and the day I walk into my gym and there's referees on my mat, that's when I'll care about any of that, you know? Um, and so, and I'm not like, I hope nobody watching this thinks I think I'm some, you know, like, you know, skull fucking and fuck everybody. No, I'm not. I'm not. But, no, but I tell you. Everybody's tell you, different. Like, yeah. this is a different game now. Yeah. Well, it, and not only that is, God, it's boring to do limited, you know, like imagine if you could drive your badass car, but you could never take it out of first gear because you're, I'm like, you know, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes no sense to me. Um, and that's one of the reasons I don't really train gi. I don't, I mean, I don't, uh, we have gi. Well, come, my black belts run the gi program. I don't, I don't even know if I have one anymore. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, but you know, and I don't mean that. It's not a knock. Hey, it's like this. I really truly think how many people you know have really been in a damn fight? Very minimal. I mean, unless you live in like, the fucking Bronx or something. But if you live in Mayberry, you ain't going to be, you're not out fighting. You know what I mean? Not really. Unless you're an asshole and you're looking for it. I'm just talking about like Joe public gets fight. I'd say if you had a hundred of them, maybe five in their whole life. And that was probably in third grade with Timmy. Cause he, you know, stole his sucker or some shit, but I'm saying like a real ass you fight, bro. The thing to me is like, None of us are going to really probably ever use this stuff. It's going to be good for fitness, for confidence, friendship, uh, camaraderie, community, all those amazing things. Fighting, probably not, unless you want to go be a competitor. And then you're not fighting. That's a damn sport. Um, and especially jujitsu matches. Don't call jujitsu matches a fight. It's not a damn fight. And um, combat jujitsu might be a little bit different. I like yeah. that. I was gonna say the combat. I I really love it. Yeah, I, I do too. It, it keeps your jujitsu honest, you know. Um, but you know, doing worlds in a gi is not a fight, or whatever, or naga in a gi is not a fight. You know, it's you're just competing. You're competing in a sport, and that's fine. You know, um, I'll just I'm just speaking my opinion. Now back to the show. But uh, here's the thing. So if someone wants to train gi. If they want to do tournaments, if they get, if they don't footlock each other until, you know, a wizard taps them on their ass and makes them a, a brown belt at a certain age, and now they can, they're allowed to touch a foot or whatever. If that's how they want to train, then they should train that way because the reality is you're not going to need this stuff, most likely. And yeah. if you do, you probably will defend yourself just fine. Yeah. So I don't have any, for, I'm just talking for myself. I don't train gi, not really. Uh, if I do, it's because I had to step in and help teach something, but I don't, I'd prefer not to wear it. Um, but it's just because of my style of grappling isn't conducive with gi. Um, but I don't care if someone loves gi. It makes no difference to me if they want to do worm guard, inverted, whatever. That's their thing. It's what gets them off the couch and into a gym. That's fine. Yeah. And so, but, so I really don't care what anyone does. I'm just talking from my, my perspective. And the thing for me is like, I have to do what keeps me interested, just like yeah. exercise. 
you know, you get sick of working out and you quit working out, then you go back and then you try it again the next New Year's when you think it's your new year, new me shit. And, uh, and then you go to the gym and you do the same old shit and you get burned out again. You got to make it, you got to, you got to change it up. Um, for the longest time I would do ghee for a long time and then I would do no ghee and mm-hmm. I just go back and forth. Like when I got sick of one, people think going to the gym, it, uh, helps you like you should just be an animal. Dude, that's the worst shit you could ever do for your own jujitsu. Yeah. You're around it all the time. Why do you think I make knives and stuff? I mean, I, it's how I break my life up. Um, but what I was saying about God, I have so, so when you say sharpen your skills, you're 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 being literally. Yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, I'll tell that story in a second. What got me into making knives was actually jujitsu related. But I want to really quickly because this might this might keep some kid from making some dumbass douche move tomorrow, um, or whenever. Uh, but talk about cross training. If I could tell you one thing, guys, understand this. Before you go and want to jump around and go to other gyms and stuff, understand every instructor is going to kiss your ass for a minute. It's the honeymoon phase. They want you to come feel how good their jujitsu is and their gym is and whatever. Always pay attention to who raised you. And uh, and I don't just say this because this don't happen to me. I'm, I'm really lucky. But one of the reasons that I've always had a good um, – a good relationship with the gyms around me is anytime anybody comes to train with me and they want to join, I make them have their coach tell me they've talked to them. I respect the coach. I respect that they're running a business. I respect that they're, I want to find out if this guy's an issue. Um, yeah, so I have because the that's a big of, thing too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some guys are just running from, they owe money or they, they've maybe done some shady shit and their school and they're just trying to hide, you know, and I don't want that in my gym. This is my favorite place to be. I don't want you to come in and screw it up. And um, so I uh, I just tell these guys, like, you know, pay attention when you look around. There's a lot of guys that get frustrated in their school. And it's just like any relationship. Have you talked to your coach? Have you said, hey, I'm struggling with this? They might not even know. Yeah. Always exhaust every outlet you have in your own gym before you seek other things. Because chances are, push come to shove, those are the people that are going to be get your back the most. So just find out what you're missing and try. It's like a marriage. It's just like any relationship. Just because you have a bad patch doesn't mean you throw it in the, in the toilet, you know. Uh, you try to figure out a way to make it work. And I would encourage these young guys and girls that just feel like they need to do this. If your coach won't let you cross train, that's their shit. That's their problem. They're insecure, you know. Um, if they don't let you cross train, leave. Simple as that. Um because you're you're in a cult, a, a little one, and you're in their cult. They're a little bitty cult, the little uh, midget cult. So anyway, if you if they won't let you do that, leave. You know, I because you can't control people, and most of it has nothing to do with money. They just don't want you to get somewhere and have have fun, and 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 enjoy it, and then you switch yeah. just to realize you hated it. I mean, you, I don't know, like. For me, it's like I just think communication's huge at everything. Like you don't have, you can't get butt hurt if somebody's being honest with you. Just see if you can come to a, a good compromise. Sometimes you just don't know. So anyway, uh, I just tell people that are like that, like always try to communicate and exhaust every outlet. And if there's just no way to find what you want at the place you're at, that's okay. You know, sometimes, like I said, there's just not people that are going to fit in here. I, I I don't do good with that alpha dog bullshit. The tough guy stuff, I don't like it. I don't want it around me. 
Um, I don't do good with somebody who's only concerned about being a competitor because they use everybody in the gym as tapping dummies and, uh, and they run off your good people, your friends, they run them off. They don't want to come to class because Joe assholes here getting ready for Pan Am's next week, you know? (laughs) And so, um, or, you know, you know, you, you see what I'm saying anyway. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, man. I could go on and on about stuff like that. No, and, and I, I, I truly love that because I feel like, you know, we I've talked about it with fighters for, for years now where cross-training is essential because you're absolutely right. If you drive the same way to work every day, you're not going to see anything different. Mm-mm. If you try the same, like you said, pass to the left or pass to the right, if you try the same thing every day, you're not going to learn what works and what doesn't. You're just going to go with that. And I got, you know, getting the opportunity to train, we had, you know, we had one of our brown belts go to a different school. And, you know, I've known the coach over there for a long time, you know, the professor over there for a long time. And he's, he's a lot like you. I think the two of you would get along just fine Um, because he is that kind of like sit in the middle of the mat, you know, not being politically correct as far as like language or whatever else. And I know some jujitsu practitioners would look at that and go oh no that's that's unprofessional or that's because that's like in your mind you're so used to like this is how it has to be and i mean i went and cross trained with you know white belts and i had white belts whooping my ass in no listen and i'm going take that bowing freaking uh you know everybody in the same uniform all that save that shit for the movies like that's 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 nonsense i mean that's like that's not the real world you know, um, it's like this, you know, there's a funny thing I, I, I read where people say about jujitsu. you go into a jujitsu school and you can look around the room and this guy's an accountant and this guy's a, a hooker and this guy's actually a girl and that, you know, but on the mat, we're all the same. I'm yeah. like, then why the fuck are you teaching everybody? Like they're all, you know, like that's not true. People are as different in their jujitsu as they are in their personality. They're yeah. different in their tastes. You don't teach everybody your cultish ass jujitsu, you know, you freaking, you give them the fundamentals, you give them the tools, the basics, and then you let them figure it out and have fun and enjoy it. Now, that being said, the camaraderie brings everyone together from different that they're different, you know, but they're all, but I hate when people, I hate whenever, um, when people take jujitsu and try to market it as this, Listen, I'm an old school dude about jujitsu mm-hmm. and I can't, I, and I'll tell you this, I can't stand when jujitsu is marketed as this, like, you know, it's a, uh, the gentle way, mutual benefit and blah, blah. And yeah, it is, it is all those things, but it's also fucking hard and it's tough and it'll harden you as a person and get you ready. I know that's cheesy, but it, dude, listen, if it wasn't for jujitsu, I would have fallen and probably not got back up by life many times i just had this conversation with a student tonight i mean i've been through everything you know uh and damn it like i can't say that because of jujitsu i was able to handle being an alcoholic i'll just say this i got used to not being a little bitch because of jujitsu and at some point that me being able to overcome alcohol has nothing to do with jujitsu me being able to be mentally tough and realize that I'm not going to just lay down. Jiu-jitsu created that in me. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then here's the thing, too. You're not going to be a tough, alpha, mean, rugged dude all the time. 
You know, you might spend every Monday through Wednesday eating chocolate, watching fucking Oprah. But then for three more days, you're just a badass for no reason. Like it comes and goes, man. I hate these. I, I don't like when people are like, I'm always just, you know, I was watching some something on, on, uh, there's one of these TikToks come up with that dude that eats like bull balls and the liver guy that he's the, have you seen him? He's like jacked to death on steroids and he has a beard and he, he acts like all he does is eat like cow dick and, and just, and he's doesn't put shoes on and, and, but it's, it's a complete uh, gimmick. I mean, it's a total gimmick, but oh, yeah. I, I'm just sitting there watching this and I'm just like, this fool wants people to think this is his life all the time. Yeah, no. And if it is, man, I feel fucking sorry for him. This dude's sitting around a table of like the nastiest raw shit like ever. And I'm like, bro, if that's your life every day, if that's your life for six seconds, I feel bad for you, bro. Like, yeah, but, no. but, it's, but it's his niche. And, uh, and, and he's got a big following because it's just the shock factor that this dude's going to sit here and take a bite out of a raw bull nut. You know, it's like, God, <laughs> you know. Is I'll watch that. Rocky Mountain Oysters, I think that's what they're called. I don't know, bro. Yeah. All I know is it's nuts. <laughs> and I can't, and I, you don't, no, man. It just is what it is, bro. You know, uh, you, know, you can dress a pig, but it's still a fucking pig. You know, and it's like, it's, and so I think, uh, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I just want jujitsu, the jujitsu I do is, in my opinion, well, it's not jujitsu. I'm a submission grappler. And the difference is because I don't care about any points. I don't care about um, what submissions I teach. The, the safety record for my gym, I think, is would be hard to match because of the, com the community here, the culture. Mm -hmm. uh, but more importantly, I, I think it's like firearms and kids. Um, I haven't. I have, I'm, I have my, you know, I, I carry, uh, I'm not a gun nut. I'm like Barney Fife. If I fucked with my gun long enough, I'd shoot myself. I'm not a gun guy, but I got <laughs> guns and I got a carry permit, but I'm not going to, you know, I can't hit a fucking wall in 10 feet. But what I'm saying is I'm not scared of the weapon because I go shoot and I get used to handling it. And, uh, and if I were to introduce my children uh, which I will. My oldest is 15. My youngest is 10. But I'll introduce them in a safe environment. Uh, we'll go to a range. They'll learn how to where the you know how to properly learn unload. You know do, how to handle a gun with a yeah. with an instructor. And you know what happens? That gun becomes much less dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. They're not they're not curious anymore. Now they're not trying to figure out what side goes boom. You know, and 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 blow their damn foot off. So they're not as scared of it. And it becomes safe. And eventually it's just not even a thing. It's uh, and it's a tool for protection or whatever. What I'm saying is it's not the scary thing under dad's bed anymore. Exactly. It's not, the, it's not the thing up in the closet. That's right. Forbidden. Exactly. And yeah. I think that heel hooks, wrist locks, all of it is the exact same thing. I and if you, if you train, so if, if you if you train everything, guess what? They, they're not as dangerous no more. Everyone in the room knows what they're in. You know how much pressure you can take, what you can apply, and you learn how to use them safely. Now, if you wait till you're a fucking brown belt because the IBJJF or whatever the hell tells you you can't do them, and then all of a sudden you decide to start doing them, you're gonna you're gonna fuck each other up. You know, you're gonna get yourself hurt, or you're gonna enter tournaments where guys have been doing them 
because they train with a guy like me since they were a white belt. And mm-hmm. I don't care if you're five times better than them. I guarantee you they footlock you. Yeah. Because it's so hard to stay out of stuff. So hard to stay out of the leg game. You know, uh, I was Dean Lister and, and uh, Donner and all them said that, you know, like it's silly to, to ignore half of the human body. I mean, yeah. it's true. Like who told us to do that shit? Like that's dumb. That's the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. I told a guy that when I was rolling with him, I went to a school, I was on vacation and I went in and, uh, I dude, was I'm that Disney guy. vacation or was this, was it another one? It was, it was another one. I didn't do anything <laughs> on this last one, but no, what I was going to say is, um, if I come to your gym, I'm going to be the, I, I you're going to love me. I'm the guy that I'm not there to tap nobody, man. I'm there to cut up and have fun. I'm going to share a bunch of stuff. I'm going to make sure when I leave that y'all, y'all, were better because I was there, not because I'm good, but because I shared one little weird thing that I've picked up along the way. That's going to help a new guy do better. Yeah. I always want to leave. And if someone visits me, everybody in this gym knows it's our job to make sure that they leave going. What a, I wish if I lived here, I would have 100% trained here. What a badass place. Well, how fun was that? You know, I, I we never, they're the, uh, a guest is our priority. I don't charge, uh, open mat fees. I don't charge right. guest fees. Yeah, they just yeah. come in. Just come in, man. And uh, we get guys from all over, from UFC guys to ADC guys, ADCC guys to brand new white belts because we're in a tourist area and we're the first gym. So I get, in one week, you might have, I remember one time it was like, um, in one week out of nowhere, I had two guys that were you know fighting in the UFC at the time they were on the roster and a couple of ADCC guys. I mean, in like one week, my guys show up. But you know what? Here's funny about my students. I got students who've been doing jujitsu for ten years. They've never even watched a jujitsu tournament on YouTube. They don't give a fuck. They just train. <laughs> they don't know who anybody is. They don't know nothing about the sport. And they come three, four days a week. And they don't. I'm like y'all, don't, you know, because they're not geeks like the rest. A few of us are nerds still. We keep up with this shit. Yeah, it's our sport. But most of the people, I'm like, yeah, like so and so. And they're like, who's that? Was he? Is he? Does he train in the morning? I'm like, no, Gordon Ryan does not train in the morning. They don't know shit. And it's like, you know, they don't know. And I love it because they're just genuinely, they've only learned from me. And not that I want that, but they just, they're not out here trying to like debunk the basics of what I'm trying to instill in their game. Because trust me, I don't want them to grapple like me. And once I get them past the basics, I want them to develop their own thing. But it's crazy to think that guys are so happy and satisfied with what you've done that they don't seek things. I, I, you know, and I think it's because I encourage it so much that they trust you. You know, I'm like, go see, go find it. If it's out there, bring it back. That's my only rules. If you go train somewhere, you've got to bring something back. Like I want to know something. And, 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 uh, you don't, your kids don't leave you. If you raise them with respect and you love them and you don't stifle their growth, you know what happens? You have a kid that moves off and, when they become an adult and then they end up having kids and shit, you know what happens? They move back and build a house right next to your ass and raise their kids next to you. Cause they just, they, you know what I mean? They don't want to be away from you at a certain point because they realized how good they had it. And I think uh, your gym culture should be like that. You should be like, let them go anytime they want, but they don't want to because they just, they know what they got. And sometimes they do have to go away to figure that out. And sometimes it's where they go is better for them. And you have to be happy for them. You can't be a dick and be a hater and, be like, blah, blah, blah. You might suck. You just don't know it, you know? And, and, and so, um, for them, you know, uh, and, and I think it's important to just, you got to humble yourself, man, as coaches, coaches out here, jujitsu is a scary thing because it works. 
jujitsu is the closest thing to magic I think there is. Um, and it's powerful. You give that shit to a guy who's a natural dick or an egomaniac or insecure, or he was bullied his whole life and now he's got a little power and he's he's wanting to wreck everybody he can and make sure he gets hero worshipped in his own gym. Uh, it's dangerous, man. It really is because uh, it will it will expose a person on every level. If yeah. you're insecure and you're an asshole, jujitsu will will bring it out. You'll see it on the mat with them. You'll see how they yeah. roll with people. If you'll you're, see what happens when they lose to a lower belt. Oh yeah. Oh, dude. If you're a that coach, was, that, that was rough. If you're if these coaches out here, that if one of their guys catch them, it's like they're their mortal enemy. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, bro. What did you think they're gonna? Your, your job. I love. I love what Kurt Osiander said once. He said, "You're raising snakes. Don't don't be mad that you're gonna get bit." You know, and and it's like, yeah. I mean, bro. Like, I would never be mad if one of my guys caught me. I'd pat myself on the damn back and walk off. You know, job well done, coach. You know, it's <laughs> get mad is stupid, especially when they feel. I had a guy come and uh, he, he 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 wanted to join our gym. And he just said, he goes, man, I beat, I, I caught my coach one day. And he said, ever since that day, he turns it up on me. And I just feel like he just doesn't like me. And I'm like, that's fucked up. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, that's not your problem. I said, but before you come here, you're going to talk to him because you might do him a big favor. Yeah. You might say, look, I've been with you a long time, but I'm leaving. And it's because of this. And he might go, you know what, man, you're right. And I'm sorry. I'm just dealing with a lot of shit. And I, uh, you know, maybe I've just been unhappy for a while and, and I just, I can't, you know, you might change their life. You yeah. might say, look, man, I'm leaving because you're a dick. And I just feel like I respect you so much and you, you, you help me. And now once I get to a certain point that I can push you back, now you're mad at me. I mean, that's crazy, but man, it happens. And it happens more often than it doesn't, you know? And I can't, I, there's a lot. Jiu-jitsu is awesome because it got all of our heads out of our asses with like, traditional martial arts i grew up doing taekwondo and uh ran taekwondo schools and i was that was going to be my career i was going to be a taekwondo instructor and that was about 93 94 whenever i found the ufc started and we yeah. were all clamoring for it and i found a judo school and i started there and then we we're doing like japanese jiu-jitsu judo but it was grappling at the end of the day i was you know we were wrestling and we were grappling i didn't give a shit if they were brazilian or not and uh so <laughs> It was just, we got, we just, we're happy with whatever we got, you know? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, um, and so I think, uh, I, I think now the, the danger is, uh, or the good thing is that it, it, it got our heads out of our butts that we're not doing this shit no more and doing pressure points and, and whatever. Uh, but on the flip side is it took guys who didn't need power and, and, and gave it to them. Jiu-jitsu is an open door policy. You can come in and be a freaking uh, an abusive person. You could be, you know, an asshole. You could be the worst person on earth and still get jujitsu given to you. It's dangerous, man. That's scary. And if a person doesn't have a a maturity about them and uh, they're going to, it's not going to help them. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, you see these guys out here uh, um, that are badass at jujitsu, but they're awful people. You know, you see it on their social media, you say, and, and some of it I think is a, is a, is a, is an act to get fan base. Mm-hmm. Some oh, of them, yeah, of course. you got a psychology background. You don't, you, 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 you pick up on things and, and I do because I've been coaching my whole life. 
I know when someone's just genuinely an asshole and just genuinely, a, and they're not assholes, they're insecure. Insecurity yeah. will just, will just barf the asshole out of you on people because you're just like, you can't, you're not cool with yourself, you know? Uh, and it took me a long time to get to this point. And I still, man, I'm still insecure and I'm still uh, rough around the edges, but I'm also a good dude. I don't do, I don't get out here and do, you know, crime. I don't, you know, I, I'm a pretty, I'm a, I'm a fucking teddy bear, son. Now, I, I love that. I love that. Even if you were trying to be hard in that moment, which you were, but you're like, I don't do crime. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, don't. yeah, man, I'm not going to smoke that marijuana. I don't. Like, I it's don't, just the man. way you said it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, it don't appeal to me to be a fucking, to be a piece of shit. It don't. And I, and I don't enjoy it. I, you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a creative guy, man. I like to paint. I like to make knives. I like to, man, that's my jam. You know, jujitsu appealed to me because it's creative. Yeah. You know, I was already a black belt in Taekwondo and all this other stuff. And I hadn't gotten any better in a long time. Jujitsu, I know is going to, I'm going to get, I got better tonight. I got shown two or three things tonight. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I'm better on some yeah. level. I, I progressed. Um, and so that's amazing, you know, and, uh, I just want jujitsu to still, I'm, I, when I grew up, man, if you were to see, and you know, you hear guys my age sharing this story a lot, but if you saw a blue belt back in like 96, he would, he would, he could beat up anyone you knew. Yeah. You know I mean, he'd be, he'd be a fucking ninja. Yeah, and, absolutely. and if they were a purple belt, it was just like, don't even make eye contact with him. Just like, don't even look at them. Yeah, like, like just turn and, you know, throw rose petals at their feet when they walk, you know, shit like that. And and that was all you ever saw. I honestly didn't see anything above a purple. There was like one purple around here for several years. And uh, and so be, being a black belt was like, man, that ain't for us. Yeah, we'll just, yeah. we'll just scrap it. We all want, our blue belt was our black belt, you know. And so I think I got my blue belt in the, it was the late 90s. Uh, I don't really remember. Um, it was a long time ago. And, uh, I, and then I didn't even wear a gi for God, eight, nine years. I just did MMA and stuff. Um, and I was really frustrated because what was happening was I could see it and I knew it was happening as, as we were grappling and doing judo and everything else. And, and it just seemed like a racket was happening. A lot of people were moving and doing seminars and, and just opening and it just didn't seem like it seemed like a money grab. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in that shit. I'm not, I'm not going to be under anyone, whatever. And I didn't go under anyone until I went under Seneca. Uh, and I went under Seneca because, you know, we played a similar game. He was a half guard guy. I was real into half guard then. Um, and I remember the first time. Yeah. He's, he's amazing at it. You guys don't know oh, Seneca. He's a, he's an old school dude. He won, uh, he won 96 worlds his first year they had worlds. Uh, then went and won the ADCC Legends thing against Megaton. He beat Megaton in the finals in 96. And this is a funny story. I hope I don't get in trouble sharing this shit. But this is a true story, dude. He was here at my gym. He would come in and do seminars every now and then. Me and him have a great relationship. Um, and so he's funny. My God, he's funny. He's an intense dude, bro. He's intense. He's like, he's he's not very tall, but damn, he's terrifying. And um, so he was in my gym. And he, he, I got a good Seneca impression. Hold on. If I don't start laughing, uh, I can't do it. He might get pissed at me. But anyway, he said, um, 
he's well for the dude he called he called me jim for 10 years almost he said jim and i was like gene jim and so when i was getting my black belt i get my black belt this is like 2013 or something 14 and he's like hey spell name i was like motherfucking g i was like please god don't give me a jim click black belt certificate <laughs> and but now i would i would love it like it would be the funniest thing ever. Oh, yeah. I wish, like hell, I had a Jim Click certificate. Uh, but so he was always he, he called me Jim forever, and he uh, and I remember the first time I rolled with him, it was just me and him, and uh, he 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 changed. I've had to change my game so much over the years because back in the day I'd roll real light and I was so technical and I was an X card guy and I thought I was fucking amazing and I sucked and. Uh, so I would like I, the first time me and him ever, you know, hooked up. Well, he messaged me one day and he's like, he said, uh, he said, who's, you know, who, who's your instructor? And I was like, I don't have one. He said, you're like a dog without an owner. I was like, fucked up, but okay. And, uh, <laughs> so he, he said, you're like a dog without an owner. <laughs> so, but, uh, I was like, all right. So we hooked up and he did it somewhere. And I remember the first time I rolled with him and I was a lot bigger than him, you know, just bigger guy. We're about the same yeah. height, but. He's probably 180, 170, and I was like 250. And uh, I was like, he's going to be so impressed with me. I'm so technical. I'm a big bastard, but I can, I roll. And, and, and I was like, look how fancy I am. And I roll with him, and he just stopped me. He said, he goes, Jim. And I was what he goes, he goes, why you roll like an angel? And I was like, he said, you, he, he said, why you, why you roll like an angel, you big motherfucker? <laughs> he said, you roll like a devil. He said, not be a bitch. He goes, I am Soneca. And he said, you kill me. And I'm not kidding. Oh I tried to kill God. his ass after that. And he changed my whole game Ooh. that day. It was just me and him. And ever since then, I, I'm telling you, dude, pressures, top pressure passing was has been my game ever since, you know. Um, but it was so funny because I thought I was just going to blow his mind at how technical I was for a big guy. And I just basically got called a bitch and, and had to change. So uh, that's why I stayed with him. Cause he was straight with me, you know, he called you out on it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And does, and, and that's just him, dude. He's, he's, he's awesome. And, uh, there's so much good jujitsu around, man. You can train with whoever, but get around somebody that'll call you on your shit, but then they'll back it up too. You know, yeah. they're, 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 they don't, they call their own shit out as well. Yeah. He, he was sitting here one day and, uh, he was about to do a seminar or something. And he goes, he goes, Jim, <laughs> he's like, he said, uh, he was telling me that, that they offered him that ADCC that legend offered him to, to go against Megaton. And I was like, fuck yeah, do it. That'd be cool. Dude, Seneca didn't train. He did not train. Seneca travels the world and does jujitsu and has fun. And, and, uh, that's his thing. He'll tell you, he's like, I like soccer. He don't even like jujitsu that much anymore, but he, <laughs> he does. He says it to be funny. He loves jujitsu. But anyway, um, he uh he was sitting here and he was just like they offered me this and I tell them go fuck themselves. And he said they offered me fifteen thousand or something like that. And uh I don't hope I don't get in trouble for all this because it's a funny story. And uh and next thing I know, he accepted the match. Well, you realize that Megaton is like Megaton's competed every year since '96. He's I think and he's been in like almost every Master Worlds, Worlds, whatever. And and I was just like, damn. I was like, that's going to be a tough ass. I knew that Seneca didn't train. I mean, he's amazing, but he's, you know, he's older than me. I don't blame him. Fuck, you know, 
if mm. he wants to get on the mat and, and go ham every day. I mean, he's always been good. I, tell me, I mean, just because he didn't train like an athlete didn't make didn't mean he wouldn't bust your ass on the mat. And uh, he's just really good. And so, but I just knew that this is a different different game. And I'm not kidding, bro. Like, um, if you've ever had a chance to train with him, he's got these weird things he does. And the whole time I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know how necessary all that little light bulb turning and all this shit is and he then but you have to do it if you train with him he will make you do everything his way yeah and and when he went against megaton dude i watched him do a seminar on megaton i was just like he's doing everything that he's taught me and i've always kind of been like well yeah i could yeah it's more of a respect thing i'm gonna do what he does because he's I'm, i respect him you know he's yeah. my he's my coach but I was, you know, you always had that in the back of your mind, like, eh, maybe, you know, he has this thing where he's called poop in the bush. He's shitting in a bush. That's how he stands with his feet all crooked. And he's like, you're pooping the bush. And I'm like, I don't poop in bushes. I poop in the toilet, you know? And so, but holy balls, it works. And no one, he's like an OG fucking legend. And if people looked him up and watched him, he does stuff that no one does, man. And uh, I watched that match with him and Megaton. He literally did a seminar that I've been to five times on him. I mean, the, the drag he did to come up and finish the sweep. And, and he's like, I trained fight five times. That's what he told me. He said, I trained five times for that. He goes out there and beats Megaton and blows McKenzie Dern a kiss. Fucking gangster. He just beat himself <laughs> and went, got his belt and came home. That was it. It's, it. That's him, dude. He's awesome. I don't think he's trained since then. And uh, I was like, how you get up off the couch after 20 something years train a handful of times and go out and, and, uh, and do that. That's just, that's the competitor in him, you know? Uh, but I mean, I could go on. I got, bro, I got so many stories. I got some crazy stories about early ADCCs and stuff. I ain't sharing them. It is no. nothing bad. Don't, no, don't no, get me I in can't. trouble. No, I'm, I'm not. Need, I, listen, I'm I already, like, I already messed up De La Hiva where you're like, Ricardo, it's like Eduardo. And I'm like, no, I'm thinking of De Lima. Okay. My bad. Well, I'll uh, I'll tell you sometime, but I can't share it because it's it's not anything bad. Like it's not criminal bad or weird. It's just a funny ass bunch of stories that no one really knows about the very first uh, ADCCs. And I was around like when that whole thing. I actually did a qualifier. Uh, the qualifier. With, yeah, back in the '99. I got the medal over there. I'll show it to you. It's 1999. Um, the very I don't know if it's the first or second ADCC. But it was me, Minotaro, Noguera, before he had ever fought in the UFC, in the MMA. Uh, Café Dantes, uh, there were several of us. Anyway, I, I, I drove all the way to Evansville. I, we went to Evansville, and I was cutting the cast. I broke my wrist like two weeks before it, and I'm cutting the cast off in the car like a dumbass. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And so uh, I ended up re-injuring, snapping my wrist. And it, was, it was a mess, but it was just crazy to look back on those days and be like, God, it was just in its infancy, you know, and uh, um, to where everything is now is is nuts. But I'm so grateful, but uh, that I that I was around for those years, man, because it was just it was just real and amazing and just raw as hell. And we didn't know what we were doing, and it was just fun, man. And uh, everything think, everything's done that, and I think, like you said, it's it's changed in a positive way. Yeah. It really has. I try not to be that guy that's like that old crotchety guy. Like, man, when I used to go to school and walk in the fucking snow up the hill and back down up a hill and, you know, I, I really do. I, yeah. I like, to, I like to try to evolve, you know, with things. And 
as things are uh, progressing, as long as it has, as long as it's like valuable, I won't change with something just for the sake of changing if it's stupid, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, um, and, and that's kind of where my stance is. Like, if it's good, it's good. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care who showed it to me. I don't care if it's gee, no gee, if they're American, if they're freaking, you know, an alien, if it's good, then let's go. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's my thing is I, I, it has to, it has to be real or I don't want no part to do with it. That's one of the reasons I, that I'm not into the gi or into tournament rules and whatnot and points, because to me, it's just, you know, people can say whatever they want to say, but it's just, it's come on, you know, you, you know, it's not, it's a sport in my opinion. Gi grappling is a sport and that's, and it's a great one. And it's tough as shit. And if I were to enter a black belt gi division, I would get my ass kicked. And uh, but you know that's not my thing. Gordon Ryan would probably not be Gordon Ryan in a gi. You know, yeah. I think you could give him like six seconds in a gi, and he'd probably be a fucking world champion in a gi too. He's a freak. But <laughs> um, but you know, uh, my thing is like everybody's like, we'll do a little bit of both. I'm like. I, I don't want to do that. It's not fun. And I don't want to be shitty in both. I'd rather be mildly shitty in one, you know? And so it's, it's, you can only be, you know, it's only so many hours in the day, man. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't make my living being a competitive jujitsu person. I make my living coaching. I make my living, uh, uh, training people, making them better, making them healthier. I make my living selling knives all over the world. You know, um, that's what I do. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to put, I'm not going to invest my time in things that are just, you know, like pissing in a fan. It makes no sense, you know? And, um, so that's kind of where I'm at with everything. Same with knife making, same with anything I do, man. I will seek out the bullshit like a, like a, like a, a an investigator. Like I will, before I even try to learn it, I try to it's figure out what's, yeah, I try to figure out what's wrong with it before I even mess with it. Yeah. You know, um, and that's uh, and that's good and bad because it does make you skeptic at a lot of stuff. When oh, you yeah, really absolutely. just when you, when you really just need to just go do it. Uh, and I'm I'm dude I'm a mess. There's days that I'm I'm not like that, and I'm like, oh yeah, man, I'll you know shit, yeah, I'll. You can sell me a, a fucking you know mud popsicle with white gloves. I don't give a shit. Let's go. And then there's days that like, you know, like I'm just sniffing out bullshit, you know. I'm just like anybody else, man. The only difference between me and everybody else is I don't, I'll just hundred percent say it. I don't, I mean, dude, there ain't nobody going to remember me. You know, there's no one going to, uh, no one's, you know what I mean? Like the world goes on. Quit, quit worrying about what people think. Cause no one gives a fuck, man. Like no one cares. I share and I, I dedicate my life to things that I think will create a ripple effect in a positive way. Um, even if it's just some words I say, man, uh, and try to not try to not make it worse. Don't lie. Don't be a piece of shit. Don't be an, uh, an uh, you know, don't be somebody that you want to, you want to be that C level guy that shows up to jujitsu that everyone is so pumped that showed up. Yeah. You are, you are a contribution to the planet. You are like, you are fucking sunshine. You know, <laughs> we'll set, we'll sit there and idolize, a, you know, a microscopic, population of people that do jujitsu i mean you can count them all on a, you know a, a couple hundred people we look at them you know the the b team the donaher death squad the the this the that you know we'll sit there and i don't man that's like this many fucking people that do jujitsu 
Yeah. Or, or less than. I mean, you couldn't even hit them with a microscope. If you put the jujitsu population across the world, they would be like, you couldn't even spot it. You know what I'm saying? But yet we focus on them and make that our, just like any sport, you know, we watch Michael Jordan, you watch all these guys, they're the greats. You watch them, but don't forget that the real jujitsu world isn't on Instagram. It's not on, it's not at ADCC. It's not a fight to win or whatever. It's that guy that shows up to class that you fucking like. Uh, that that you you can't wait to hear him just say some ridiculous shit while you're rolling, you know, and you know because you just you're waiting out. You love it. They're twice as funny because you know they're funny. Yeah, you just wait on them just to just drop some nonsense on you so you can just belly laugh at them. Yeah. So anyway, I go on forever, but um, and, uh, you have to come back on. I don't. I think if we kept going, it'd be like six hours long. Man, I, I can. Still- I, yeah. We I still can't. have it. So let's start with first. The podcast is official as far as on your end. Yeah. We've got a name for it. We don't have a first episode yet. Not that Man, I've seen. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't know how to do that shit. So I, I downloaded the app. I did a test and was like, well, if this plays back, then I'm onto something. I, I hate technical little stupid things. Like I'm a, I'm literally a caveman. And when it's like save this, delete that, edit that, I'm fucking out. I'm already like, all right, I'm done. Uh, and so, but it's <laughs> but it's important because I do want to reach people. Um, and I just am like, you know, it's been something I've wanted. It's been a bucket list. You know, it's really what it is. And um, but I, I I'm gonna change the name if I can figure out how. But it just says Gene. It's just Gene Click. It's just my name. And I, um, I gave you your name, and I will let okay. you have it. I, yeah. I will let you have it. What was it? The genetics of jujitsu. Oh, yeah. Well, I see. That's just it. I don't want it to be a jujitsu only thing. Yeah. I want it to be like this, man. Life. Yeah. I just want to like completely just like go off the rails and just, you know, like let just like, dude, I got so many onion layers of my life that I could share. um, And I know that it would be a shame. Not that what I have to say is good, but it's Mm -hmm. good for somebody. I'm not, yeah. it's just like, it's just like, it's like anything, man. I can't change the world, but I can change a couple, couple people's lives. Um, if they're walking down the same path I was, uh, you can't, you know, you're not, you're going to have 10 times the amount of people that think you're an idiot than the people that you really help, yeah. but fuck them, you know? And because it's like this dude, I was going to die. My kids were going to grow up without a dad. Um, this gym was going to be left without me. The community that I've helped is going to be left. If I didn't figure it out, I'd be dead. That's the truth. That's not some horse shit. And so if I could just strike a chord on a real level with somebody struggling, I could give a shit about what anybody's got to say about me because I'm going to give somebody their dad back. I'm going to give somebody their best friend back. And then some, the real version of them, if you can, you know, the sober version. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, uh, I don't need, uh, you know, I'm the world needs more people that aren't just, they're not just out trying to get likes and, and, and put fucking filters on and, and, and be just full of shit, you know? Yeah. Like if we could just quit living for horse, you got, most of us are surrounded by people, real people, and Mm -hmm. we don't give a fuck. We're only worried about people we'll never meet. You know, their opinion, their, their approval. I don't give a shit. The only reason I'm doing the podcast is because there's going to be somebody I'll never meet. I'll never know. And I'll never talk to, but I'm going to change their life. I hope. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, and that's, that's the real shit right there. Yeah. Like that right there. Like you said, this, it's not a, I, I tell you, think, like I've gotten to talk to people. I never thought I'd talk to you. I've had people sure. interact with me who I've never thought I'd interact with. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not making any money off this. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, I, you know, the, the irony is going to come when I start plugging the website after this, but you know, yeah. eh, if you want to, if you want to buy stuff, that's cool. Yeah, whatever. But I'm yeah. not doing it to make money. Like I'm doing well, it to like make people tell stories. That's like me making knives, dude. I don't make knives. Dude. So I don't take orders. I make what I want. If somebody wants it, cool. Um, but what I was going to say, and this will be the last thing, but you know, you said that and I, and I, and I'll tell you when I was seeking out my sobriety, there was a thing I found on YouTube and I'll never meet this dude. He has no idea that it made an impact on me. Um, and it was something I came across and the guy said, you know, take out a piece of paper and write down five of the most important events in your life. You know, things like your kids being born or, or whatever, you know, write them all down. Being a, getting my black belt was a big deal, dude. I cried like a little, a little girl in front of a couple hundred people, you know? Um, I will. It was, too. A, it was a big fucking deal, you know? Yeah. Cause I was that kid who didn't even think Americans could become black belts or, or whatever. I didn't give a shit if I was surrounded by black belts. It, what, their black belt didn't mean shit to me because they, it was different. Their path yeah. was different than mine. Mine was sucked. And um, so, yeah, I lost my shit. But, you know, you write down, I wrote down those five things and all of a sudden it was like, he was like, okay, you got them all down. And, and, and I was sitting in my car in a, in the student pickup line, picking up my, my oldest son and the car riders. And he said, okay, now look at those five things, read them. And he said, every one of those things, you were sober. And it was like, Oh, I was like, he goes, yeah. And so I was like, motherfucker. I was like, yeah, it was. He goes that this ain't helping you. Everything that means anything to you, you know, it is. You didn't have alcohol. Yeah. You didn't have this addiction. And that was huge. And this dude, I mean, it's on still on YouTube somewhere, but he ain't never going to meet me. You know, he's this little Indian dude from somewhere, but I'll still remember it forever. You know, uh, because it was just, it changed my whole shit. My whole thing changed. And yeah. I was like, hmm. so my goal is to hit somebody in the chest like that hit me. Uh, and if so, uh, you can't, I mean, could somebody, you can't buy that. You couldn't yeah. pay me, you know, like that was so important to me that if I had a million bucks and somebody said, Hey, if, uh, we'll give you a million dollars. If you could go back to that day and never hear that, I wouldn't have took it because yeah. that was the turning point for me. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's crazy, but, and all this sounds so cliche and it does sound, here's the thing. Things sound cliche and corny because there's everyone that says it's full of shit and don't do it. Yeah. So everyone fucking says it. Everybody's like, Oh, do this. And you know, be this and get up every morning and, you know, eat fucking bull nuts and conquer the world. And, you know, but they don't do that shit. And like anything I say and like the way I teach jujitsu, I do it because I've done it, you know, and I've lived through it. And that's why I get like this when I get to talking about it, because I'm like, dude, this ain't bullshit. Like, this is real. This is I live this life. And um, so I, I don't want to I don't want to uh, take that with me and not share it. What a dick I'd be, you know. Yeah. And so uh, that's it. So anyway, when the podcast comes out, I'll share it because it's just going to be a lot of this, man. It's just going to be a lot of me just hitting record and going off on my fucking my thing. And, uh, you know, I don't ever run out of words, man. I don't, I got a lot of, I got a lot of, there's a lot of crap between these ears. 
I don't I don't think there's a lot of episodes where the guest talks more than me because I talk a lot too. So I you love it. it. I love fantastic. it. Yeah. I've and, done a few I've done a few podcasts, man, and um and it's always the same thing. But uh, you know, I don't know, bro, because you know, it's funny growing up, I was so insecure. You know, we were really poor. I didn't have sh- we didn't have shit and went to a really kind of a wealthy school and the kids were mean. Um I was really overweight. Um super insecure. I was that kid that if I was going to have to stand up and even say, my name is Gene in class, my ass ain't going to school that day. I'm sick. And like, I was just terrified of talking, uh, of being uh, heckled or bullied or whatever. I was never physically bullied. I wish I was, it would have been easier than the the emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it's all these years, everything I've done is, is, uh, the good and bad has instilled this in me to where I, I have no issue. Like I do tons of uh, things where I go do I speak and, uh, or go do things with kids and man, that's my world, dude. Like that's what, uh, that's what I feel like is my calling. Ultimately it won't be doing fucking leg locks. I mean, I can only do that for so long, man. You know, it's going to be out here making a, making an impact with your stories and, uh, and yourself, but be, be that, if you're going to talk that shit, be that don't, don't, you know, I'm so, I hate this influencer, you know, stuff on YouTube and everything else. Just, just influencers. I'm like, you're a fucking clown. You know, these people are especially these clowns, man. I'm like, and you know, what sucks is they're not because there's people that buy their shit and that makes them, it's like clowns and idiots just spinning in circles, man. But who am I to say? I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I drive a freaking 20 year old truck. And yeah, you know, it like maybe I need to be out here, you know, doing. I don't know. It doesn't make me happy. Money doesn't make me happy, man. It doesn't. It doesn't yeah. motivate me in the least, dude. Like uh, I run my business awful. I can't believe I've been open twenty years. I'm that guy that if anybody tells you, it's like you're gonna have to chase him down and give him your money. I'm like, oh, we'll do it next time. And it's stupid. If I had a manager, I'd probably be a millionaire. But I don't. It don't do nothing for me as long as I got gas in my car and enough money to, you know get around my kids got what they need dude i'm straight i don't even i don't even i'm horrible in that way i need to work on it but it just doesn't motivate me and i don't want it to start motivating me you know mm-hmm. i can't stand i can't stand greedy people man i can't stand greedy people and liars and people that are just fake fakeness is a fucking fakeness is the real covid in my opinion you fake bitches like everything they do is just all for likes or approval or to not get exposed and I can't stand it, dude. I think mm-hmm. that's what bothers me about a lot of this shit and whatever. Not that I think it's bad, but I'm not trying to get shocked and oast by a guy with a $400 gi that's been training jujitsu for six days. Like, go, 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 take a knee, buddy. You know, like, you, your gi's worth more than my car. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I think that's what it is. You know, it, you earn your. Sh- I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I am a dick. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't sure know, man. I've, I've been training consistently now for three years. I have one gi. Yeah. And because the oh, other the one pit, didn't the, the piss smelling gi. We were going to oh, talk God. about that real quick. I got 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple seconds. If your gi smells like cat piss, if it smells like cat piss, you're the fucking worst dude in the gym. It, it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I need to be sponsored right now. There's a the, on Amazon. It's called Rock and Green, it's detergent. And it will clean your skanky ass gi because you're, for one, you're showing up. It is not, it doesn't make you cool. Cauliflower to ear doesn't make you cool. It makes you have cauliflower ear. 
it, you know, and if your ghee is fucking gross, it doesn't make you hardcore. It doesn't make you that guy. It makes you nasty. And that, and same with your belt. I can't say people are going to wash my belt. I'm like, you're not a fucking samurai. Like you're not going to lose your powers. Like your belt literally is the grossest part of your gi. You know? So, did you find it? Rocky, there it is. Hey, listen, one of my members uh, uh, told me about that stuff. Dude, it is the jam. Because I almost threw, a, I mean, it was back when I was training gi. I almost threw a thousand dollars worth of gi's away. Because, you know, they, you sweat in them, they get in your car and you forget it's in the back seat. And the next day it smells like hell came and got it. Yeah. And it's like awful and you can't get it out. You think it gets out, then you go in and do one shrimp crawl and you like ignite with funk. And, and your shirts, rash guards and stuff too. And uh, I was like, I'll try it. She gave me something. Dude, it just gone. I mean, gone. And I, so ever since then, man, I, I don't know how much of that shit I've sold them. Um, but, uh, you know, just be respectful of the people in your school, man. Don't be that, that, don't be that stinky ass guy that's awful and it's crazy because i've i mean i've smelled i've i've rolled with people before and i swear it's like their ghee was literally in a litter box for a month in august <laughs> i mean like like really dude do you not smell that like you're you know like flies are swarming around your ass and shit and uh you know there i had one guy tell me this and i don't even know if it's true but i almost smacked him he was like bro this is what they do in brazil they they go roll then they put their ghee out in the ocean and rinse it out and then let it hang. And then they put it back on after they're surfing and go uh, and go roll more. And that salt water is watch yellow. I was like, bitch, this ain't Brazil. I was like, and you got a washing machine. And, you know, it's a Mr. fucking ringworm. Ass. You know, like, he's, he had this story and justified. I'm like, or you just don't want to do your laundry, you know. And so uh, anyway, we'll cut it on that. Dude, like thank, thank you so much. Um, you know, I will throw it out for the sponsors on my end. Yeah. Uh, you know, people who it's more for me supporting them than then supporting me. I, I say that in a way, but like the beard, if anybody watched the last episode I put up, my beard was a lot bigger and I decided to try and, you know, trim a little bit and I trimmed a lot of it. So I'm kind of freaking out a little bit, but I have beard oil. Um, I, have, <laughs> hey, I tried to I tried to grow my beard for a year and it was because I thought I'd have the cool gray shit and I have none. I'm just like, it's like a leprechaun. And I found out that gingers don't hardly go gray. Yeah. Like we're like vampires, dude. We don't go out in the sun. I've, I've got it. I got age. it like here. Dude, I, I'm 44 and I got like one gray hair. And yeah. I thought I'd, I thought I'd look all distinguished and like Sean Connery and shit. And, and it didn't. I just, my kids call me a fucking leprechaun. So, yeah. <laughs> And all the beard oil and stuff, that's a lot of work, bro. I get it. I get it. Is that what is that? Yeah, that's that's the company. So nice. You gotta have it. If you're gonna let your beard grow out, don't do it all like dry and manly, because then you look like you look like that dude that eats those bull nuts. You're gonna have to look him up. I'm gonna liver king. I can't believe I'm gonna have to look this up, but I'm going to. Dude, it's like a train wreck, bro. You can't turn your head, you gotta watch it. And he's, he's, it's liver King. Cause my son talks about him and I looked it up and I'm like, this is crazy. I was like, there's no way this dude's going to bite into this like donkey dick. And sure. The, the Quick and Out podcast does not condone liver King or any of his acts. <laughs> no. If you're going to eat nuts, cook them. Yeah. At least cook them. You know, you don't want to be then, weird. I'm sad. Cause you were just in Orlando. I know recently. Um, and my friend's bake shop, Bertso's bake shop is there. So she makes some amazing desserts, probably um, some of the best things I've ever had in my life. Like, I'm not even kidding. Um, and it's super cool. And then I just 
you know, I put a streetlight manifesto because I love the band and it looked cool in my hat. Um, but the newest edition that most people might not have seen is actually Malice. Um, I love BattleBots. The last two guests I've had on have been people from BattleBots. Mm. Um, and I realized the more and more that we talked that BattleBots is just robot MMA. Mm. Someone come you at me and try to prove me wrong. Yeah. Because it ain't going to happen. So, um, <laughs> and then the last thing, obviously, you know, we were talking about not doing this for money, but I finally, you know, took the plunge and made a store where you can get like quicking out cups and shirts and I'm not telling anybody to buy things. I'm not saying I need it, but if you want to, it's there. Like, just like Gene behind him, I could see stuff for sale on the wall. He's no dummy. (laughs) But I'm just giving you shit. Those fucking shirts have been hanging there like eight years. (laughs) I swear. I'd give them away if they'd take them. I mean... They ain't going to fit you, bro. These are like... (laughs) That's why they've been hanging there so long. No, they're extra man. small. Well, you saying I'm not an extra small? Is that what, is I don't, that what I, I'm not? I'm not. I'm not going to just assume, but I, I bet my money that you're not an extra small. Yeah, I'm not an extra. I don't think I've ever. Me either. But dude, we didn't even get to talk about the Forge and Fire stuff, and I think that's a good thing because honestly, gotta have you back on. Um, I mean, it's an absolute pleasure, and I know we, you know, for most people, you don't know like we've done this before. And the audio and everything just was destroyed. Like there was no salvaging it. And I really was worried that like it was a one-time thing and it clearly was not um, as far as like the chemistry and just the stories you tell and like the message that you have. So, you know, on behalf of myself, you know, Combat Press for giving me this platform, um, you know, thank you. And uh, I can't wait to, to do it again. And I've got a, I've got a deal for you. You're going to tell me those stories when I come up there and train. Okay. That'll work, man. I think if I think want, hey, wants to come, man, I'm in uh Sevierville, Tennessee, right outside of Pigeon Forge. It's a huge, huge tourist area. Everyone comes here for the Smoky Mountains. Man, just find me and everybody's welcome to come by. No mat fee. Just don't be a douchebag. And yeah. uh we'll have fun, man. So uh yeah, anybody's welcome. And especially make sure you tell them you saw it on this so that you get nothing extra. Nah, <laughs> I got some I'll give you I'll give you a sticker. Oh, there you go. Fucking A. Hey, if he's got stickers. That's how it goes, man. So um, anyway, Gene, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. And uh, you guys have a great night. All right. See you guys. Fucking old.